Hey guys, um, you're about to listen to episode 14 with Pastor Ivan Morse Jr. of Abundant Life Church, which is located in Glen Burnie, Maryland. He is the youth pastor there. Um, and that is episode 14, which is actually the season finale of season one of Culture Plus Kingdom and Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'm like so excited. I made it to 14 episodes. Like, yay. So I just wanted to come on and let you guys know that this episode um, by far was one of my best episodes. And I've loved all of my guests and everyone, you know, was excellent, so nice, professional, and, you know, just gave great tips and everything, you know, professionals in their field and also doing work for the kingdom. So I loved all of my guests. But I would say, but this is by far my favorite only because it calls for the time that I'm in now. You know, the time of, um, you know, trying to work on my business. I'm in the second year of my business and I'm still struggling, struggling, trying to get everything to where it's supposed to be. But, you know, also building my faith. And my faith now, I think, is stronger than ever than it has ever been. And I'm just like so excited, you know, that I get to share all of the knowledge and all of the wisdom that uh, Pastor Ivan has been teaching his youth kids, you know, also just him as growing as a young man, a millennial, you know, and living for God. So I just can't wait for you guys to hear it. Um, but I do want to say I was recording in a different in a different um, place, you know, so it is a lot of background noise. Like it's, it's you know, and I'm still in the process of learning how to edit properly, you know, everything. So I try to do my best, um, but you may still hear some, you know, background noise. But this episode is so awesome. I know you guys would just tune out the noise and, you know, just get all the nuggets, the gems, and just all the good inspiration that's going to come out this episode. So without further ado, Here is the season finale of season one of Culture Plus Kingdom and Entrepreneurship Podcast, episode 14. Hello, guys, and welcome back to Culture Plus Kingdom and Entrepreneurship Podcast. I am your host, Tamara. I just want to remind you guys to follow us on Instagram at Culture Kingdom Podcast. Also, you can follow the business page for the podcast on Facebook under my name, Tamara Keith. But today, I have a special guest. Today, my guest is Pastor Ivan Morris Jr., Youth Pastor of Abundant Life Church in Glen Burnie, Maryland. If Ivan had to pick one word to describe his path going into ministry, it would be perseverance. From the time he was born until now, Ivan had to persevere through what he was going through. One thing that is big with Ivan is he's always striving to be real and also very genuine with everything he did, with everything he does. And I, I, I like that because I can see that through Instagram, even though we never met in person, you know, you can kind of almost get to know people through what they post and the things that they say. Right. So how are you? <laughs> so, so how are you, Ivan? I'm doing I'm doing great. Uh, first and foremost, I just wanted to say uh, just thank you for just inviting me on this podcast. Like I've been like you just said, like uh, we don't know each other that well, but I've been peeping like uh, what you've been doing with the podcast and having people 
come on there and just share a whole bunch of great stuff. So I just wanted to say thank you for not only inviting me on the podcast, but what you're doing for the kingdom. Like, it's huge. And I'm glad you're stepping out on faith and doing it. Like, that's really big. Thank you. That means a lot. And I also wanted to ask you, do you, so I can't call you Pastor Ivan, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, people say, I mean, I'm, I mean, it's fine, but my youth kids, they call me either P.I. Okay. Or they know me for like a long time before I became a pastor. They call me Ivan. I mean, it really don't, it really don't matter. I mean, I'm not. Super, super big on titles for real. Okay, cool, cool, good. Okay, yeah, because you know how sometimes people really get offended, but I didn't. I don't get that from you, anyways. It was more like a joke, you know, just to you know <laughs> to see if you were okay with it. <laughs> but, but yeah, so did you grow up in church? Actually, yep, I did. Um, both of my parents, they're you know they're both still married. They've been married for thirty years now. Oh wow! So I pretty much yep. Which, that's a blessing, thank God for them. Yeah. And I grew up in church pretty much all of my life. You might as well say I wasn't, even though my parents aren't pastors, you might as well say uh, I was a PK. Okay. Because I was always in church. Right. Like, all the time, so. Well, that's cool. That's good. So, okay. How and when did you know you were called into ministry? Like, did you have, like, this big, like, aha moment, a dream, or, like, what was it? Wow, um, that's a really good question. Like, okay, so, like, throughout my life, my parents, they made sure they did a good job of having me, like, serve. Mm-hmm. And one thing about myself that I was always doing early, like, it first started when my mom said when I was, like, a kid, like, probably, like, eight, eight or nine years old, I was always praying for people, like, adults. Like, praying for adults and stuff like that. I was, like, wanting to do it. Like, I would ask them to do it, and I would just do it for them, like, starting right there mm-hmm. so my, my parents and people around me they always knew that there was something different about me but I, until i really realized i had like a aha moment like a wild moment is in high school mm-hmm. i knew it was something different about me or like the way people looked at me because i remember uh long story short i was in, i was in a uh, mu group and there's this thing called see you at the pole which pretty much um kids they gather around their flagpole and pray over the school like in the morning before school starts so i remember my youth pastor pulled me to the side and really telling me like he's really looking forward to me doing it. i'm like dang why you do that to me right why you do that to the rest of the kids like, right <laughs> so and then i went home that night it was just always on my mind like i couldn't go to sleep i'm like yo what the heck like this is weird so usually i was a kid i was late to school every day every single day i was late to school i woke up on time this morning so I'm like, okay, this is this is different. All right, so I woke up on time, mm-hmm. and I went and I used to like walk, like, like go to my friend's house, and then his mom would drive us, and his mom was always late taking us. So I walk into my friend's house. Breakfast was made, like she was all bubbly, like you know, let's get ready to leave. I'm like, dang. <laughs> I was like, okay, I know I'm not tripping. I don't think much. I know I'm not tripping. All right, whatever. So I was like, okay, I think God wants me to step up here, but I'm a, you know what. Maybe no one's going to be at the flagpole. I don't know. Maybe no one's going to be there. So she drops us off. We walk into the school. And there's people gathered around the flagpole. And I'm like, <sighs> God, why? <laughs> why? I was like, man. And then I was already bluffed. So I walked past, but I'm already bluffed, man. I was like, no, nah, I ain't doing this. And then a holy discontent went off in me. To the fact I heard people around making fun of the people at the pool. Oh, wow. So at that moment, I was like, okay, 
Because, you know, I, I, like, I do, like, a lot of people, I hung around people and stuff like that socially, so people knew me and stuff like that. So I was okay, you know what? All right, cool. Walked over to the pool and started praying with, with them. Mm-hmm. And then everybody was looking like, what? And then from there, people just started asking me questions about God. Like, they respected me. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't really understand mm-hmm. fully in their faith and stuff like that, but they always respected me. And because of how I acted, I could see people start to draw light towards me. Like, with me, without me even trying, I was just, like, trying to be, like, my best version of myself. Right. And right then and there, I would say that was probably the moment that I knew, like, I had some type of calling in my life. Definitely. Wow. That's a good one. That's a good aha moment. So, at first, people didn't know that you were, like... I wouldn't say a church boy, but you know how, like, when you go to school, because I'll just use myself for example, like, you know, I didn't grow up in church, so basically, um, you know, people, um, I just started to build my relationship, you know, with God in the last, you know, couple of Mm -hmm. years, I guess, but, so, you know, usually people will say, like, oh, he's a church boy, she's a church girl, but you kind of know those people, so, like, people didn't know that about you until this incident, right? For the most part, I would say this is what popped it off, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, in your opinion, why do you think a lot of millennials are leaving the church for, like, new age practices? Like, you know how people are, like, doing witchcraft. That's, you know, and that's kind of big in, a, in the uh, millennial Afri- African-American uh, culture right now. And also praying to crystals. Like, what is mm-hmm. your take on that? Why do you think that we're leaving the church to go do these other things? Hmm, okay. That's a good question. I mean, to be honest, that's a very, like, complex question. Like, there's mm-hmm. probably, like, there's many reasons, like, a lot of young people leaving the church. Mm-hmm. But I could, like, I could name a few from, I guess, what I've seen. Okay. I mean, you could have the typical, like, how I grew up. Like, how I grew up, you always went to church, you was forced to go to church. Like, it was pretty much Jesus, it was pretty much driving down your throat. Mm-hmm. And... Most parents, not saying my parents, but most parents, they don't really emphasize the relational part of Jesus. You just see more of, like, relational type things. Okay. Like, oh, you have to look like this. Oh, you can't talk like this. Oh, you can't listen to this. You can't do this, that, and third. So already as a kid, instead of your parents explaining to you why, at least why, or at least have a dialogue conversation with your kid, you're just telling them what they can't do and shutting their voice up. So mm-hmm. right then and there, they're already turned off. Mm-hmm. Right then and there. Mm-hmm. So... Instead of really actually getting to know the the, uh, the Jesus part or actually having a relationship with Christ part of it. So right then and there, they're already turned off about it. Then a huge one is how Christians were portrayed like centuries ago. Like how the founding fathers of this country, how they claim to be Christians, white founding fathers, mm-hmm. and, you know, they're mass murders. What right. do they do to the Native Americans, you know? You have the KKK who claim to be Christians. You have all these bad representations of what christian type people are like it's almost to a point where it's like even like saying you're a christian like you're in a cult now true yep yep yeah you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's crazy like like it's, a, it's to a point i don't even like saying i'm a christian i just say i'm a follow of jesus hmm that's interesting but it's but it's so true it, it's true yeah you know what i'm saying like the mm-hmm. return christian is turning into like his own cult now mm-hmm. and there's been so many bad representations of what being a Christian was supposed to be is, is like, and you had the whole slavery thing, how people were using like their own versions of their Bibles, trying to act like that was how God, right. God like ordained this, right? And you got that whole aspect of it, like people are like falling out of the church. Mm-hmm. And then, lastly, I feel like the last big thing I feel like is the fact that the church is 
has turned into a place where, well, I'm going to say it used to be, but I've been to a lot of churches now starting a generation, like, trying to filter out of that, and that's because you all have all these young popping leaders coming mm-hmm. up now, which is very, very dope to me. Mm-hmm. But definitely what I witnessed growing up is the fact that instead of the church being a hospital for the sick, it's like a place for perfect people or pretending to be perfect people. Mm. Wow. So so that's ultimately why Jesus came in the first place. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, the church is supposed to be a place for the sick. And like, if you, if you like, and even, like, it is crazy because a lot of people I come across, like, they be like, man, you know, I'm going to go to church when I get right. Or I'm going to go to church, you know, when I get things together, when I stop doing this in the third. Or I'm not, or if I get struck by lightning, you know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I'll get struck by lightning if I walk into a church. And it's funny, if, kind of funny, but not think about it, it's sad. It is. It that, is. They, that they really think about, like, they really think they're not welcome here because of their past and the things that they're going through. And that's the whole purpose of the church. The church is the hospital for the sick. Well, that's what we're supposed to reach. The right. Lost. That's the whole purpose of the church, really, is to reach the lost people, not to... Just be around the same typical people that, you know, they claim that they believe. Mm-hmm. And then all they do is gossip about how X, Y, and Z, how this person claims they're doing this, but on Saturday they did this, that, and the third. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, it, it lost its value. Like, a lot of churches lost its value because it's more about, really, a Pharisee. Like, it's really like a Pharisee. Most people in churches, back, definitely back in the past, they had more Pharisee-like qualities. Right. Like, like they might know a lot of information about the Bible. They might know scripture verses, but they yeah. don't walk it out. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know? Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. And I just, to piggyback off what you said, I usually say a lot of times I think people are leaving a church because of church hurt. And that also kind of piggybacks oh, yeah. off of the oh, last yeah. thing that you said, you know, because... You could go to a church for so long and then you don't feel accepted anymore. You could do something wrong. Like, you know, say if you stop coming to church or you, you know, what people say backslid or, you know, some things happen in your life and you just, you know, do something different or, or, you know, you, you, you know, you sin, which we all sin, but you sin to the point where everyone knows whatever you've done. And then, you know, you try to come back, try to get closer to the Lord, try to, you know, bring your relationship back. And a lot of times, you know, you're not accepted. And people feel weird about going to church just because of the way people look at you, talk about you. You know, it's mm-hmm. a, a lot of times people are not welcoming. You know, I've been to churches no. where they don't speak. I mean, they look at you like, who's that? You know, it's, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. so, oh, yeah. yeah, so it's like crazy. But I was just wondering if you, you know, and you don't have to answer this one now, but I'm going to leave it leave it and maybe you can answer it at the end if you don't have an answer but like what do you think as that we can do you know as far as like me and you and other millennials who we're trying to you know bring people to christ bring people to god but we're doing it in a way where as though you can still love the culture but also love the kingdom at the same time you know so it's kind of like how can we marry the two to help people know that hey you know going to church is dope loving jesus is dope you know we can do the same thing and still not be considered a lame or a geek or you know whatever little mm-hmm. stereotypes that people try to you know say because you love jesus and, and you know you love the lord and you want to let everyone know mm-hmm. oh yeah oh yeah i love that question i'll definitely say that for last oh yeah okay i love that, I love that question oh yeah oh and one last thing to figure out uh this just popped into my head actually okay. about why people leaving the church mm-hmm. and 
also I feel like a lot and this is what I see now, especially in ministry. Mm-hmm. Like being heavily in ministry, people leave church also. This you have to you have to bring this part up too. It's the fact that they leave because they don't get their way. Because they don't get their way. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. don't get their way. Mm-hmm. Like say if leadership is changing or you're changing something in the ministry or you know if you do any little thing to like to like that they don't like. People will leave in a heartbeat. They will leave ministry. They'll leave things they're involved in for a very, very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Just because they don't get their way or they don't like that the, the church is going in maybe another type of direction and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the excuses they usually hear say is, oh, I feel like God's telling me to leave. No, you didn't. You want to be. <laughs> right. Let's be honest. Right. Let's be honest. Like, I, like I, see, I see this all the time. And church hurt is a big thing, but church hurt is still not an excuse because at True. the end of the day, to mm-hmm. me, like, mm-hmm. like to me, because mm-hmm. you go to church for one purpose. As much as I love, like before we came past and stuff like that, but no matter how much I love the people that go there, mm-hmm. no matter how much I love the, the pastors that might be there, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm going to church for God. I'm going to church to build my relationship with Christ. I'm going to church to learn certain different things. Mm-hmm. So even if a leader leaves, even if a family leaves, I always stay. Because at the end of the day, I'm not there to really serve or make a whole bunch of friends or stuff like that. I'm there for a purpose. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's hard for a lot of people because a lot of people get attached instead of to God or to Christ to get attached to the people that's inside the building. So when they leave, they feel some type of way and they feel like they should leave too. Right. You know? And the reason why is because of that is because they get attached to this person. And some people try to use church hurt as an excuse, but if you eat at a restaurant, if you have one bad experience at a restaurant, you're going to stop eating. Right, true. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. just because you like, you can eat, eat at, at the same restaurant, you know, for years, and you go to one of those specific location, and the food is bad, you have bad service, you gonna stop eating there? No. Right. You gonna keep? You like, might say that, but you gonna keep coming back. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, right. Like, I had, I had, I had to bring that up. That's an important thing to bring up too, because a lot of people like they don't get their way, or mm-hmm. they don't like change. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, let's be honest, none of us like change. Let's right. Be to a certain degree, we don't like change. So I, I, I get it. But at the end of the day, when things ain't going your way in life, things are not going to go your way at all. Yeah. Things are never going to go exactly your way, but that doesn't mean you should dip out and leave. That's because you don't get your way. You know, life doesn't work that way. So that's also a huge thing I've seen noticed that people be leaving the church do. Yeah, and they use that, because I would just use myself an example, they use it as a cop-out, because, for instance, like, before I started to build my personal relationship with God, you know, I used to go to church with my mom and, and my grandmother and stuff, but I didn't, you know, I really didn't want to be there, because it, I used to use the excuse, like, oh, I don't like these people, you know, because at first they wasn't really mm-hmm. friendly, so I used to use that excuse, like, the church we, that we go to um, is, like, is a church where it's, though. It's a lot of family, you know, there's a lot of families that grew up in the church. So, you know, it's not a lot of people that's not related that go to this particular church. So I used to be like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't like these people, Ma, I want to go, whatever. But that's before I was just using that as an excuse I can see now, you know, because that's before I knew that you're not going there for them. You're going there for mm-hmm. God and to build your relationship with him. So I can agree with you on that, you know. Um, that a lot of times we use different reasons, and 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 none of the reasons are good enough, basically. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the piggyback off you, I definitely had experience because um, when I was like younger, up until I want to say like fifth grade, we was going to this church, but then a situation happened, like church broke up, like it was bad, like bad drama and stuff like that. 
So to a point, I was church hurt when I was younger, but it didn't it, it didn't affect me to the way that I did, like I lost my faith in God or anything like mm-hmm. that. I just didn't like churches anymore. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So now the church that I'm at now, like we went through a period where we were looking for churches, so we finally. Like we started going to church that I'm, I'm the youth pastor right now. Like the church I'm the uh, youth pastor right now, I've been there since I was 13 years old. You oh, know, wow. I've been there consistently since I was 13. Okay. So I remember we was first going there because uh, somebody from the old church that split up started going there and told us about it. So we went there, and you know, as soon as I get there, I didn't like it. You know, because it wasn't like diverse. Everybody was white. You know what I'm saying? So that was uh-huh. only one turn off. Mm-hmm. And then the second turn off, I went to the youth group, and it was like the weirdest kids I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Like these kids was weird. Like there was a kid who had a cape on with a wooden sword, like running around. I was like, what? I was like, oh no, I'm never. I was like, no, I don't know what. What? I was like, no, I'm never going back there. Ever. Like I'm done. Like they listen to like contemporary Christian music. I'm like, bro. Like, this is, like, you know what I'm saying? Like I was, right. I was I'm used to like that and stuff like this. I'm like, oh no, what's this? So. <laughs> I stopped going for like a like a month mm-hmm. or two, and then I kind of felt like I needed to go back. I felt like God was telling me I needed to go back, and then my mom pretty much told me like, "You want to try? Just give it another shot." Right. And I was like, <sighs> so I was like, "All right, you know, this, this is my first lesson in change." But I'm glad I went back because now, years later, you know, I met some like my best friends there. Mm-hmm. You know, now I love. <laughs> Like, you have to practice. 
it's practice it goes into. So I would like suggest people to start small. Like as far as praying, you can you just pray in the morning for like three minutes. Mm-hmm. Just say thank, thank you for waking me up, Lord, and, and and then just bless my family for the day. And then before you go to sleep, make sure you pray, but make sure like you have no distractions that you actually dedicate that time to just praying simply just like that, or even in a car on the way to work. Right. Just start, just start with something small, just like that. And with reading the word, you can start with reading a verse a day, or trying to memorize a verse a day, mm-hmm. or reading that same verse like all week long. Or you could do like a little devotion, like even the Bible answers it, or like a devotional book, mm-hmm. which they'll read you a whole scenario story and has verse to go with it and a prayer to go with that. And you can start with stuff like that. And as the more you start to put God first, like if you start with each day praying and putting God first, that part of your day, that's huge. That's a huge part of your day. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then ending your whole day with God. And by doing that and building on that, and as that gets stronger, then that's when you're able to withstand and actually do more. But also, I believe that you should have, like, some type of, like, accountability partner or someone that's, like, walking the faith with you. Hmm. Because, at, because at the end of the day, like, God created Adam, right? Hmm. But what did he say? He's alone. I mean, let me create him a helper. Helpmate, right. A helper, which is Eve. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, we can't do things, everything in our life on our own. Which a lot of times that's what we think we, we can and we can't. So it's important to have somebody sharpen your arm, iron sharpen your arm, right? Right. So especially if you're someone that's new to the favor or, or or been struggling or trying to stay on your way, you, it's important for you to have somebody in your corner because there's gonna be days when you can't pick yourself up. There's gonna be days when you can't pray. There's gonna be days when you can't read your Bible. That's when that person comes into in play or someone you can hit up and say how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And they can just pour into you. They can pick you up. They can lift you, and they can keep encouraging you on your journey. Because what I feel, I feel like I notice with it, sometimes with certain churches, like you give your life to Christ, and then after that, it's like okay, like yeah. there's no really application. Like there's mm-hmm. no okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna connect with this person or tell this person to join a group or you know what I'm saying. It's just like okay, you give your life to Christ. Okay, congratulations. Good luck. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's you so need true. someone to help you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so you what if you... someone to help you, guys, definitely. So what if you like a babe in Christ? Like, I guess I consider myself a babe in Christ. And for listeners who don't know, you know, like what a babe in Christ is, you know, it's someone that's new to, you know, building a relationship. Well, this is my definition. Correct me if I'm wrong. But, you know, building your relationship with God, getting to know you know, God personally and figuring out where you are. You know, this is what I consider, you know, so I consider myself a baby in Christ. But like far as what I've been struggling with is because I've been building my relationship since last year, since I've been baptized since either 2011 or 2012. I was trying to find my certificate because I was asking my husband last night, like, hey, when did I get baptized? And I couldn't, I couldn't find it. So I think it was either 2011 or 2012. But I basically didn't, you know, I went to church and stuff, but I wasn't really like heavily into it. And I, and I didn't really like break down and really say, okay, I need to figure out what's going on with my life. Cause it's just, everything is just not working out for me, you know? And the only person that, even though I had a good support system with my mom, my husband, you know, you know, like one of my best friends, but the thing was, I didn't, I needed more, you know, mm-hmm. I needed to know that 
everything that God told me, everything that I know he said, you know, and the path that I know that he has for my life is true. It's going to happen, you know? So it's like, I had to get down and really seek him. So that's when I started Mm -hmm. to build my relationship. And that was in late 2018. So now it's like, I, you know, it's like, I'm, I kind of see the difference in me, you know, I kind of see like some of the stuff that I'm not really into anymore, you know, some of my friends are kind of into like things that interest them. I don't, you know, feel interested in. So I'm kind of like in this stage right now where it's like, hey, you know, I think I need more Christian friends, you know, more Mm -hmm. like and basically Christian entrepreneur friends, because that's kind of like the journey that I'm on now. So Mm -hmm. it's like, but then I listen to certain people and they say, well, you know, you can't leave your friends because you're still supposed to be there to try to help lead them to Christ too right so Mm. it's kind of like I don't know like should I try to seek you know more more friends that you know that I guess are on the same journey I'm on you know Mm -hmm. because I don't I don't really know like I'm just so confused by that and it made me answer that it made me bring that up because when you just said you know find somebody that you can th- you can pour into and they can pour into you, but it's like how can mm-hmm. you do that if you don't know anybody outside mm-hmm. of your family? Okay, I love that question, and that's oh man, I love it, and that's something I've, I've dealt, I had to deal with, and, and I kind of deal with it sometimes, like during the day, but I feel like I, I, I haven't pretty like mastered on how like how I really view things. So first and foremost, I think you need a good balance of both. Okay. Honestly. Mm-hmm. I think you really need a good balance of both. I think you, I think you really do, because um, first and foremost, like when I look at Jesus' life, Jesus' life is pretty balanced. If you think about it, right? Most of the time, the people he was ministering to and was around was people that were not believers, people that were sinners, people that were you know, mm-hmm. they they committed crimes, you know, like those type of people. Jesus was around them most of the time, and then he was around his twelve, mm-hmm. which most of the time is. Most of the twelve was like even still kind of like thinking like okay he maybe is some guy okay maybe I need to see more things out like Jesus had a, a good balance of both and I think you need a good balance of both because your Christian friends are your friends that like those type of friends you need them because like I said earlier to uplift you up to they can relate to you you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. you can study together You're, like there's a lot of different benefits you can have like you know from from, from having a Christian friend, like you definitely need a Christian friend, you know, because they can relate to you. Right. You know, they they, they they can do life with you, you know, they can they hold you accountable, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of good good points of having that Christian friends that you need. But also, you need to stay with your friends that are like still not believers. Right. Because at the end of the day, it keeps you grounded on like what's going on. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times, a lot of times, people. The only hang out with Christian people, like straight up cut off everything, they like lose sight on what's really going on in the world. Mm. Like what, like what people are really dealing with, like what people are really struggling with. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. The lot, you know what I'm saying? Like when you cut off like everybody, like all your friends or people you associate with the world or whatever, you only hang out with Christian people because you you might feel like okay, they might drag you down, or they might, uh, or you feel like you might. Or some people they might feel that like even they're better. Than like to be honest, they they probably feel that way. Yeah. But. At the end of the day, you're going to lose sight of who to reach. You got to learn the law. Because in order to, to, to reach the law, you got to learn some things about them. Because ultimately, that's what our goal is. Our goal is to not just be saved and then, okay, well, we're good. I'm just going to, you know, sing, worship, 
Nobody's gonna sing and hang out with my Christian friends and, 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 and you know make fun of people that are not Christian. Right. Like, no. Right. Mm-hmm. No, your your job just begin once you once you start. <laughs> like your job just begin. You're supposed, we're supposed to reach the lost. Yeah. Period. That's what we do. Once we're supposed to be we're Christian, we're mm-hmm. supposed to reach the lost. Mm-hmm. And, and you... what better way? And what better way to start is to be around your friends that are not believers. Now, at the end of the day. You can't conv- you can't convince people. You can't force them. Right. You can't like you can't be like you can't talk them down and argue them to death. That's not the, the real pro- that's not the proper way to help people come to Christ. The best way to come to Christ is just be you. Be yourself. Like all my friends that are not really believers and stuff like that, they always come to me with their problems. They mm. always wonder why they're like to do this. Mm. Like, you know, sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll tease me and stuff like that, and certain Bible stuff and stuff like that, which I don't really care, because I tease them about the stuff they do too, so that, that's how we go back and forth, you know right, what I'm saying? Right, but, but so many people have seen bad representations of what Christ is, and if we, and, and if we, like, just cut them off just because they, like, they're not believers, or you feel like you're better than them, mm-hmm. that's the one gateway to them actually seeing someone Christ, like, going out of their lives, and that's it. Wow. I didn't, th- I didn't like, think about it like that. That's so true, though. But that's the, like that's the one. That's the like that's the one thing. Like mm-hmm. sometimes, like we'll be the biggest Bible that people read. Like how we act, how we talk to people, how do we love people, even though they might be hateful and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. how do you act and approach different things? That sticks out. That will always stick out. Like there's, I remember even being like 18 years old working at like working in Walgreens and at one point and like all the older people just coming to me like. Why do you act like that? Even people are like yelling and screaming at you. Why are you acting like this? Why do you like this? Telling, telling to me and talking to me about their problem. That's a perfect opportunity right there to say how you're like this because of Jesus. Right. You did this because Jesus did this into my life. That's a perfect opportunity right there. And I didn't even even have to pop it off your hand and like tell them like, oh yeah, you need Jesus, blah, blah. But no, I, I just simply just was me. Mm-hmm. Myself. Right. Being me. Right. You know, the only, the only danger... I will say, if you're, like, around people that are, like, not believers, mm-hmm. is sometimes you can get stuck in, like, you, sometimes you can, like, you can be at the wrong place the wrong time with them mm-hmm. for certain things, or they might not, they, they might, they, they respect what you do, but they don't value what you do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So... They're still going to do certain things around you. And not to mention, if you were from that past life and you're still going around your same friends that are doing things from your past life, mm-hmm. you're going to draw back into that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. me, one of the things I used to do, I used to party a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, what, that was my thing. I used to go out to the clubs. I stayed out of D.C. That was my, that, what, that was my scene. <laughs> like, partying out of D.C. and stuff like that. What Every weekend I was out of D.C. Like, all the time partying. Baltimore, too. That was my thing. Mm-hmm. So... Once I probably, like, got over that and, and seen not the value in that no more, and God got me over that now. I mean, I'm at the point where even if I'm, even if I'm in that environment, it doesn't even bother me. I always want to be a party because I'm just, like, I was partying, like, from an early age up until, up until, like, you know, my starting my mid-20s. Mm-hmm. So I, that's already out of my system. Right. But a lot of people might not be strong in that way. You know what I'm saying? Because if you like, if you, let's say one thing, alcohol is your main thing. You like, you just like to get really drunk all the time. And God delivers you from that. 
Mm-hmm. But just because you've been delivered from that, don't mean that that little this little, little demon still not in. Exactly. And can't and can't reawaken. Right. So if you're hanging out with your friends and they're saying they're going to the bar, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you gotta avoid stuff like that. Cause a lot of times we slip because we don't put ourselves in good situations. Right. Yep. Totally. Yeah. Peer pressure. Sometimes people still you know suffer from that, and you don't. And a lot of times when you when you're you know just because you are developing your relationship you know with christ more and you understanding the things that you shouldn't be doing a lot of times you still fall like you said fall back into mm-hmm. some old habits if you hanging out with this person and they going to do it you know so mm-hmm. I, yeah because you can yeah because you can still love your friends hang around your friends but don't value what they do right and they still like to do that okay that's fine y'all want to do that's cool I, you know, I ain't doing that anymore. I'll let y'all later on. We go out to eat or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, that's how you can still hold on and value that part of the relationship without right. actually doing that part. Right. Because most of the time, like, if you're, like, wherever your friends are still non-believers, you're out doing the stuff with them, that's the part you're going to be struggling with. And you know they're still in that lifestyle heavy, mm-hmm. and you know you're still weary, and you're not as strong as you used to be, mm-hmm. you, you can, you're going to easily fall right back into that trap or even just say, having sex for work. And that's something you really struggle with. You mm-hmm. gotta make sure you're not in a situation where you're alone with attractive females. Right. Cause mm-hmm. your habits don't finish. <laughs> right. Before you know it, your blank is already happening. It's already too late. Right. So really, you have to make sure you know we have wisdom to not put ourselves in those situations. Mm-hmm. And as long as you just, like do your best to turn yourself out of them situations, you do everything will be smooth. I mean, well. Smooth as it as possible can be. I mean, not, it's not always going to be smooth. You, know, you can do everything right and still be a little rocky. Right. At the end of the day, you need a good blend of both. Definitely. All right. So, okay. I'm going to keep that in mind. That, that was a good one. I, I didn't think about some of those points that you brought up. All right. So, when I first started following you on Instagram, I noticed you were doing something called uh, Monday Motivation. And you also take prayer requests by texting you or liking your posts. So, mm-hmm. when I first saw this, I thought of a millennial evangelist. Now, for people who don't know what an evangelist is, it's a person who teaches the Christian faith through public preaching, right? So, mm-hmm. I believe using social media is a good way to teach the Christian faith, um, you know, to thousands of people. So, by you doing, like, the motivational Monday or, you know, the, you know, the prayer call, the prayer text, um... Was that one of your purposes? Like, to reach people? Like, you might have not been thinking of, like, you know, oh, I'm, like, the new age, you know, evangelist. But that's kind of what I got from it. So, what were your mm-hmm. motives for doing it? Or you just kind of just was like, hey, I think I'm going to do this one day. Well, it was crazy because, so, how it all started for real was, um, I just graduated high school at 18. And, um, and, like I said, I always, like, my first, my very first gift I knew I had was intercession. Like, I love to pray. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing I, I knew while I was like developing myself and I was developing into being who I am now. So I love to pray. So to me, like when I even start, I started the whole prayer, like the like your status thing, for, like years ago. Years ago, I, I started it. I've been doing it consistently for like ten years. Oh wow! Okay. Literally ten years, I've been doing like putting the same pose and praying for people consistently, like for ten years. And the thing is, I wasn't even thinking of it like, oh, I'm supposed to be this new age guy, or I'm trying to do this big. My thing is, I just wanted to start small and really help people, pray for people. That's what I like to do. That's what one of the gifts God has given me. Right. So I just wanted to start small. Like, it was just something like small like that, you know? Like, mm-hmm. okay. 
it's like the statue when we pray for you, then over time, you know, as my walk gets deeper and I start to develop other gifts and stuff like that, you know, at one point I even did like a prayer website. Hmm. One, like one time I did a t-shirt a long time ago. Uh, like God brought me to like different phases of like, like, like my social media evangelism thing. I was, I wasn't even thinking of it like event. Like that's how, like, how, like, how like, I wasn't even thinking about evangelism. I, I just wanted to help people. Right. Like, be, be, like, be there for people. I wasn't even thinking of it, like, on a big spectrum of, like, evangelism at that time. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you know, I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I just want to start, like, doing, like, um, video messages on a Monday. Because, you know, everyone hates Mondays. Mondays are, like, the worst day of the week. Everyone yes. hates Mondays because they don't make the work. <laughs> right. So I was like, man, let me just do a little motivation Monday type stuff. Like, those, do a little topic, throw scripture in there, and then do a little challenge to motivate people throughout the week. You know, and then that then, then that just started to grow. Like any little like little nudge, I feel like 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 I get a little nudge. I feel like that guy just telling me just to do it. You know, it's something small. It's something small, but it's something that can go a very long way. Right. And I also like and I also do like devotions. Like, I email people like devotions weekly too, mm-hmm. or every two weeks or whatever. Okay. And I started and I started doing that like probably like two years ago. So. And my thing, my, my whole thing has always been, like, social media, they use it for platforms for everything, you know, mm-hmm. whether the good or the bad. You know, you see how social media is used for the bad all the time. But, you know, the enemy is trying to use social media for his downfall and trying to, you know, do it for his purpose. I was like, you know, I can still use the same platform and still bring the light of Christ to it. Right. Yeah. And I like that. And I never really thought, like... No, I wasn't trying to do it, trying to be, like, on a pedestal, on a platform with nobody. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to look cool. Like, you know what I'm saying? This is, what, like, who I was. Like, this right. is who I was. I just wanted to help people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was just thinking, God, has what's different ways I can help people? You know, and this was one of the ways he just put it into my heart. And I just, and I just did it. Hmm. Honest, honest and truth. I like it. So, uh... Romans 12, 2 says, you know, for us to not be fashioned according to this world, but be transformed by renewing of your mind, that we may prove what it what is the good and acceptable and per- perfect will of God. So when I hear this, when I had to reread it and reread it, um, you know, to me, God is telling me to not fall into what culture is telling me to do. You know, no matter like how lit it could be, fun or, you know, good times it may seem most likely is a setup, you know, he -hmm. wants me to follow his word for my life. You know, I believe at times it's very hard to keep striving to live for God when you may be surrounded by chaos, you know, Mm -hmm. by different, it could be your home life. It could be just, you know, your job. It can be many of things. So Mm -hmm. can you just give the listeners, you know, someone that's probably going through that, how, you know, are some ways that they can deal with it, you know, to still live for God, still strive for God, even when it seems like they're in the midst of chaos. Uh-huh. Well, first and first and foremost, uh, I just want to say that don't let your mistakes beat you up. Mm-hmm. Don't like first and foremost, start with that. Don't let your mistakes beat you up. Don't let something that you've been struggling for a while have you stay out of church. You know, I feel like. And this is what I struggle with too. Like if I if I did something that I struggled with for a while, I just felt like disgusted with myself. I felt like God didn't want nothing to do with me. I didn't want to be in church or be around nobody. Mm-hmm. But 
when you have that relationship with God, he, he's, he's the first person. He wants, he wants you to be the first person to tell him. He don't want you to hide from him. Because, let's be honest, you already seen what right, you did. Right. You already know what you did. You already seen what you did. Mm-hmm, exactly. You know, he wants you to come to him. And David, the one, and there's a lot of, like, you know, people talk about David. David's one of the most pop, popular Bible characters, you know. I mean, I'm sorry, not characters, because I hate saying characters. Because <laughs> I think seem like they ain't real. Right. People in the Bible. But, you know, and one of the main things I liked about him is how, uh, honey, he kept it with God, mm-hmm. especially when we read Psalms. He told God everything. He spoke to God. It don't matter if it was good, bad, how much he couldn't stand this guy, why you have forsaken me. Like, all these different, like, he kept it, like, he kept it so 100 with God. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't hold nothing back. And that's why they say, and that's why he said that he, David's a man after God's heart. Mm. Because of how much of his heart he gave to God. Right. Like, he told God everything. And that's how we have to First and foremost, start that because I feel like it's hard for us to keep our relationship with God strongly because we keep defeating ourselves. Hmm. And that's a big thing. And I and and I'm speaking from a, from an example because that was the one of the main things I struggled with as like since I was born. Hmm. Like long story short, you know, I was born prematurely, so I was born two months early. Hmm. And I had because of that, I had all these health complications. Like I have. Problems talking, like problems walking. Uh, so I had to go see like speech therapist. Um, I also had a cyst on my brain too that I still have in my brain right now. But my parents, they met Ben Carson back then. He's a neurosurgeon. Oh wow! And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, and they just and he just told him like, I mean, it's not no big deal. Not, I don't have to do a surgery. It's really not the big of a deal. We can just leave it in there. And then I had to I had to get like these. I think I had to get two surgeries on my Achilles and stretch like the muscle out so I could start walking. Probably. Mm-hmm. So because of all that, you know, a lot of neighborhood kids, you know, thought I was slow and dumb, made fun of me. And I often struggle with self value myself. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why words of affirmation is a big thing for me because I dealt with it so young in my life. Right. So I remember my mom said, I used to like come in the house and talk about how stupid I was, dumb I was. And he used to break a heart. I was saying this as a kid. Mm. But throughout even all the early stuff that I went through and me coming to Christ and stuff like that, I just felt like God used all these obstacles, like, for a reason. Mm. Like, for his glory. Like, I already know something's going to come across to this. But my parents already knew that I was like, so there was, there was special, something special about me. Like, God was going to do something with me. Like God's gonna take all the things that I've been through and use it for His glory and use it yep. for those people. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going through it and now me dealing with the self, like doubting myself and, and believing in my inabilities, I can look back in the past and like, well, God brought me from being born prematurely, from having a cyst on my brain, from having all these different things, and now I look on a right now. And that's because I had people in my circle pouring into me. That's when my relationship with Christ grew. That's when I started having faith in myself. Mm-hmm. And Really, the real advice I can just give, like, just continue to be true to yourself. Don't try to please anybody, and don't try to live for man's validation mm. at all. Right. At all. Don't don't live for man's validation because that's how we get stuck in these traps. Exactly. Trying to validate. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I'm I'm an example of that. Like, don't try to validate for man. Don't listen to what man says. No matter how much good or bad you do, they're always gonna have something to say about you. There's not going to be one phase in your life where 
No one's not gonna be saying nothing about you. It don't matter what you like. What you do, like you can cure cancer, win the Nobel Peace Prize, donate money to to orphans. You know, you can do a whole bunch of good stuff. And guess what? Someone's gonna always say something about you. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And also, you what I noticed from experience that even with now, you know, when we try to live for God and move closer to God, that's when the enemy is definitely going to attack. Because mm-hmm. he's going to say, oh, so, okay, so this is what you're doing now. So let's see if you really got the faith. You know, so that's when all these obstacles definitely going to mound up just to see if we're going to stay strong in his word and get on our knees when we need to. And, you know, just live for him and and keep seeking him keep seeking him whenever we you know coming up with these different obstacles so that i did notice because it's like once you with me it's like once you think that oh you know i'm trying to live right i'm changing all this doing all this that's when everything started to hit me at once and it was like wow i thought now since i was seeking god more living for god i was gonna have a nice easy breezy life but little did i know that's just not the way it's gonna happen Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's another lot of this thing, too. Yeah. Like, and to be honest, well, for one thing, the enemy sees you as a threat. Yeah. We're a threat. Once you start doing God's work, once you start reaching out to people, once you start actually getting into it, because it's one thing to say, like, okay, I'm a believer now, but once you start making action towards mm-hmm. it, to start actually mm-hmm. uplifting God for it, it's like he's, you're, you're a threat now. But honestly, I take that as a compliment now. Yeah. I yeah. think that's a compliment. Right. I, I really do. I think it's a compliment. Right. Like he, he's trying to waste his time to try to mess with me so I can't do God's work. He sees me as a threat. And that means I'm, you, you doing some, you're doing something right. You're doing something right. At the end of the day. Yeah. And also, we got to be honest. We got to keep it real as well. Jesus said it wasn't going to be no, uh, like, like uh, strawberries and roses and that. This <laughs> Christ. It's going to be rough. We're going right. to suffer. Mm-hmm. If you read even the book of Peter. It's going to talk about how we're going to suffer. The beginning part of James is going to talk about how we're going to suffer. And actually, in Peter, in Peter, I think, I think chapter four or mm-hmm. chapter three, mm-hmm. and I think also the first chapter of James, they also talked about how uh, how we should be happy that we suffer like Christ. You know what I'm saying? Like crazy stuff like that. Because right. Jesus ultimately suffered, and he didn't do anything wrong. He was he lived the perfect life, and, and he still. End up dying on the cross. Still got beaten to a pulp on the cross. He still suffered. So a man that didn't do anything wrong, that tried to help his people, that tried to help his people, suffered. That's crazy for me to think that's not gonna happen to me. Right. It's crazy for me to think that. It's honestly right. crazy for me to think that. But the fact is that once you have knowledge, you know that we that there's going to be suffering and stuff like that. And not, and not to mention, God's already aware of it, too, obviously. That's why he, Jesus told us. He knows how the walk is going to be. He knows the enemy's going to see as a threat. He knows it's not going to be easy. He knows it's going to be other humans as well talking bad about you and trying to, like, diminish what you're doing and stuff like that. He's aware of all that. But if we continue to focus on God, we continue to focus on him, mm-hmm. that's when the, the stuff, like, the world does. That's when the stuff when other Christians say to you. That's when all the th- all the human validation stuff starts to slowly go out of the window. Right. Like, like I'm, I'm almost at a point now where someone can actually like say something about me, and I, I honestly don't even care. Mm. I don't care. Yeah, I'm not because at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I think the thing is, it took me a while to get to that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It, it really, because it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I'm about, as you get more mature in your walk. And actually understand 
when to choose your battles and not to choose your battles. True. And when do you also and also when you realize like especially if someone's talking about you and they're not giving you no application or actually really caring about you or what you're doing wrong. Right. They just being negative. Yeah. What is what is what is man's validation compared to God? It ain't no comparison. Right. Absolutely. I know what I'm doing is right. I know I know what God is like what God is telling me and what God is leading me through. Mm-hmm. Look, I can say X, Y, and Z. It don't bother me. Mm-hmm. You can let people talk. Sometimes we have to let people talk. Right. And that's what our that's what our fight getting away because we don't want people to talk about us, especially when it's not true and stuff like that. We don't want people to get the last word. But sometimes it's better not to talk. It's better not to speak. Not every action needs a reaction. Yeah, you abs- you're right. You're absolutely right. Something I'm still working on. But, yeah, definitely. you absolutely right. Just being 100%. Like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, it's hard. <laughs> you know, especially when, you know, especially when you just know, like, the person is really just trying to egg you on. You know, sometimes it's it's, it's so hard to, you know, just kind of like, you know what, I'm going to walk away. But, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, just don't part me the one be jump to be jumping out. Well, <laughs> let's not get it twisted. Right. Uh, and, I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I used to live with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I used to like that. That used to be my thing. So I, 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 I trust me. I definitely get it. Right. I definitely get it. But as I been through certain situations and mm-hmm. realized and actually looked at Jesus' life, because throughout Jesus' life, the Pharisees came at him, Pharisees came at him all the time. Right. Absolutely. They came from all the time, and the way he approached those situations. That's when I had to kind of learn, okay, Jesus knew how to pick his battle. Mm-hmm. He knew when to go off, and he knew when to, like, kind of play it off, but be smart about it. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, right. So it's all about using your wisdom, right. using the wisdom that God has given you, and knowing when to apply, knowing when to say something and not to say something. Because most of the time, people just want to get a reaction out of you. Most of the time, people are just doing stuff on purpose. And a lot of times, you'll make them more mad if you don't give them what they want. Mm-hmm. That's the best. Honestly, that's the best way to get back at somebody. Be nice to them. Or the or the, big, or the biggest get back is just don't don't react to them in a mean way. Right. What that gets that irks their freaking nerves. <laughs> that irks their nerves. And I just laughed at myself. Ah, oh, you're not gonna get me, buddy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna get me, but like I said, it takes practice. Like you, you can definitely do it. You can definitely do it. It's just it's yeah, just, I know. It's gonna take a lot of practice. Right. You know. Right. And especially if you're like a, a dominant type person. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna lie. It's gonna be very hard for you. But <laughs> you can you can do it. Right. Right. You can definitely do it. So, but as far as like, like your question, mm-hmm. just be true to yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't try to like be something you're not. You know, mm-hmm. use the gifts that God has given you. Mm-hmm. No matter what people say about you, look for what God is saying to you. Right. At the end of the day, look what God is saying to you. If someone's saying something that you need to improve. And they're also giving you help on how to improve. Then that's when you should listen to that person. If they're not giving that to you. Keep it pushing. Keep it moving. Stay focused. You know, don't and honestly, don't and don't be discouraged about how bad things are getting in the world. I mean, the Bible says it's going to get worse anyway. It is going to get worse. That is kind of discouraging. But at the end of the day, you can still make a difference. You can still reach people. Just because you're seeing all this negative stuff, don't mean you can't make a difference. In the right. World. So definitely. Okay, so I like how we rounded that up. So just because we're coming to that mark now, so just to close it out, um, let's go back to the the first question I asked you was, you uh-huh. know, how, and you probably had some time to think about it, but, um, you know, how as us as, you know, Christians, young Christians, um, how can we 
um, you know, get people to knowing that loving, loving Christ, loving, you know, loving Jesus, um, being a Christian or, you know, uh, being a believer, let's say that being a believer is, you know, is, is dope is what we need to do. You know, to, to mm-hmm. how can we, Oh, give me one thing or, you know, that we both can try to do to help people to understand that. Millennials. Okay. Well, I think being authentic is, is, is key here. Okay. Being very, very authentic is, is being key here because most people or even young people, they kind of see the, the church or as Christians as phonies. Yes. A lot of those phonies, they paint a big picture, or they they wearing a mask, or they don't act like that. They acting all holy and stuff like that. Right. And, and and to be honest, let's be honest as well, they have a good reason to say that because it's true. Right. For most cases, it's right. true. Right. Especially when people are always trying to act like they're better than you, or they or you need to stop doing this and the third. Exactly. Whole time they doing all this different stuff. Mm-hmm. So since our people are so used to people not really being real. The best part, the best thing to do off the rip is just be authentic. Be authentic. Just be, be, be yourself. Mm-hmm. Be, be yourself. Like you like to dress a certain way, dress it. Mm-hmm. Dress a certain way. You like listen to a certain music, especially like listen to a certain music. Like be authentic. Show the actual relationship part of Jesus. Like how much, how good a relationship you have with Him. How mm-hmm. your actions prove more than that. Mm-hmm. Like your actions are always going to tell you the bigger story of what you say. No matter what, no matter no matter what you, no matter what you say, no matter what you quote, no matter what you do, your actions are always going to speak louder than what you're talking about. So if you're out here being the best representation of Christ like that you can be, trying to be righteous like Jesus, mm-hmm. people are going to long for that. People are going to see that. People are going to like get on that. And the good thing I'm seeing about all these young pastors out here, worship leaders out here, all these people out here. They're being real. They're being true to themselves. Yeah. They know they know how it is that people are dealing with in the world and they're talking about. It. You know what I'm saying? They're not ignoring things. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because the church they used to ignore things. They used to ignore sex. Like sex was like a bad word in church by like growing up. You know, I learned a lot of talk about sex and that's crazy to me because God created it. So I don't understand why uh that was such like a bad like a bad thing to bring up. Oh my god, sex. But God created that actually. So yeah. God wants us to have that, actually. Uh, he needs to make sure he, he wants us to make sure we do it properly. Right. That's the whole thing that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Or even talking about depression and mental health stuff. You know, nobody wants to talk about that. You know, even with the black community, with old folks, our grandparents, oh, you just need to suck it up. You know, I love my grandparents and death. I love the old folks to death, but they didn't do us a favor. Right. They didn't do us a favor. Yeah. They didn't do us no destruction. They don't let you open up. You just have to be quiet. Right. Yeah. You definitely, you yeah, quiet. absolutely right about that. Yeah, they don't believe in all that having a therapist. No, mm-mm. yeah, they don't care, and that literally has been damaging. It mm-hmm. damaging us, and it's been like that since the beginning of time. And I understand what stems from that, but because of these young leaders now, they understand that because of what their parents went through, or even what they went through, and they know how to approach people, approach kids, and actually have conversations with people, actually talk about things in the church that need to be addressed. Because at the end of the day, the church is the hospital for the sick. So if I'm in the, if I'm going into the emergency room and um, let's say my diabetes is acting up and they treat me for high blood pressure, what justice am I doing? Yes. You know, mm-hmm. what justice am I doing? Like the church, 
Like, you, you can go in there and preach the same messages, but if you're not talking about what people are going through, it's not going to stick. It's not going it's not, it's not to stick. Like, what justice are we are we doing to people? So, by the fact that you're doing this podcast, huge thing. Thank you. Huge, huge thing. And it's a huge thing because that's what we like to do. That's what millennials and the generation uh, Y, I think that's the generation after this. Right. That's what they like to do. They, they like to, uh, they like podcasts. They like social media stuff. They like this stuff. Like, you have to come in a form in a way that you're approachable and you can relate to the kids because we are consuming culture and the consuming culture is growing. And the more, and we have to adapt. If you don't adapt, you'll get lost behind. And you won't be able to reach nobody, which is why the old school militant type of Christians are pretty much weighed in the water now. They're they're pretty much out of it now yeah. because they don't change. Yeah, you're right that's about why, that. That's mm-hmm. why that's, that's why certain churches are dying because they're not adapting. They won't change. I'm not saying you have to be totally. I'm not saying you have to be totally new school and have the best sound equipment and all these flashing lights and making your worship service look like a concert. Because I mean, I don't really don't care for that honestly myself. But I'm just saying when it comes to certain things, you have to adapt. You have to reach the kids. You have to talk to the kids. You have to let the let people actually talk, have conversations, hear where they're coming from, right? All this different stuff, and that's what the young leaders are doing. Yes, that's what we're doing. We're real, like even even like the generation after us, they're real. They can, and not to mention, we grew up in an era we can look up anything on our cell phone, so you can't be fake and phony with like if, like if the old school people are fake and phony with these kids now, they can look it up and see. They can see that they're more observant. These kids are getting smarter now. These people are getting smarter now. So you had to be authentic. Right. They're going to see right through that. They are. You got to be like, like with my youth kids, I got to be make sure I'm 100% authentic and keep it keep it correct. Because mm-hmm. they can look up and see if I'm bluffing. Right. <laughs> they can, they can, they, like, and not to mention, they can tell if you're bluffing, you're not genuine. Yeah. They can smell it. Like kids can smell it if you ain't genuine. They so can. it's important. Right. Being authentic and being genuine is so, so important and so key. And just, Listening to God and just stepping up and just whatever goal you want to reach, just go for it. If God is nudging you, just go for it. Right. And a lot of dreams die, not because of failure, because we don't do anything, because we of doubt. Yeah, of doubt, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that's a big thing. So really just be authentic, just be yourself, just show people how a relationship with Christ is like. Right. Adapt to what adapt to what people are actually going through because that's how you reach them. Mm-hmm. Actually, love people, love on people, show what that looks like, and and honestly, go go against the norm when it comes to certain things. Like, don't always like support the, the media agenda. Like, like my like my my video today. Mm-hmm. I mean, not today, Monday. Mm-hmm. Like the video I talked about was like praying for your leader. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, I use that. A, and I use a verse for Peter mm-hmm. because obviously our rules change, our missions change. Things we do change. He keep he keeps changing us because he's growing us, and we got different things to accomplish. God never wants to stay, so I get why he always does that. It's annoying. Like, dang, God, can I get like a year? <laughs> right. I know where everything is figured out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's, a, it's like, but it's important to, to change and, and to keep moving and to keep growing. And that's what I see what's on fire with the younger generation now. And that's what I see with a lot of these churches now. Where they're being real, they're actually talking about everything, like mm-hmm. pornography and church stuff like that. Like, man, we didn't talk about that when I was a kid. <laughs> Heck no. Right. Heck no, we talk about half the stuff we did as a kid. Huh? And I guarantee that we talked about half the stuff we did now, back then, a lot of us would be able to get healed. A lot of us would be able to overcome things. A lot of us would have more information on how to deal with certain things. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. I like it. Everything you gave was awesome. So just in closing, because we're about to close up now. So this podcast is for, you know, Christian entrepreneurs and also creatives, right? That's what I created it for. Um, You know, and a lot of times we often have different, you know, we often feel discouraged, disappointments, failures, and we're still like in a waiting season, you know, sometimes like in my business, I'm still in a waiting season. I feel when a lot of other entrepreneurs that I have interviewed already and then some that I know personally. So I was wondering if it's not too much, if you could just say a quick prayer for us on the podcast, you know, it can be short, yeah. short, um, just for all the entrepreneurs that are in that waiting season that we're feeling discouraged, you know, that we just need to be uplifted. If you can just leave us in the podcast with um, some encouraging words. Yeah, absolutely. I can definitely do it. All right, cool. Let's get it. All right. Okay. Uh, just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Father, first and foremost, um, I just want to just say uh, thank you for today. I just want to say thank you for waking us up. I just want to thank you uh, for everybody that is listening. Um, I just want to just uplift all my brothers and sisters out there, and even myself, Lord God, that, that gets discouraged, that is discouraged right now. That is weary, that doesn't, that don't really know what's going on, Lord. First and foremost, Lord, I just want to ask for patience. Just give us the patience that we need, Lord God, to just wait on you. And, you know, when we think about patience, the definition of patience is actually, one of the main things is actually suffering. Patience comes with suffering. So when we're suffering through our patience right now, that means we're actually, I feel like, we're on the right track for what we're trying to do, Lord. We're almost right there. So for everyone that's feeling like they're suffering or going through a hardship, by waiting right now. You're actually in the right place at the right time right now. And that's when you're doing the most work as well. When we can't see what you're doing, we can't see how you're moving, and we can't see everything right in front of us, as annoying as it is, Lord, that you are working. You are behind the scenes. You know, they say the teacher is always quiet during the test. So I know that you're working in each and every one of our lives, Lord. And I just want to ask, ask you to help us be surrounded by people that's going to encourage us in these moments, because that's definitely important. Because a lot of times when we are discouraged, we get in isolation mode and we don't want to talk or be seen by anybody and we want to be low on the fence. But help us mm-hmm. to open up. Help us to realize that yes. this is not a journey that we do by ourselves, that we're all in this together, literally. We're all in this together. That the walk is not. Every person in the Bible that was great and did great things had a helper, had somebody right there with them to uplift them and to get them to the next spot, Lord. So. I just honestly, I just ask that we know that you have great plans for each and every one. You, we, you, we know that we're in great care with you, Lord. And even when our faith is weary, that's important because if your faith isn't weary, is it really faith? If you actually know, I understand that it's gonna happen. Like faith, your faith grows when there's a little bit of weariness or unsure that you're gonna do X, Y, and Z. So help us continue to do our part, Lord, because you always guarantee us, you always tell us to have faith and not to fear, that you're always going to hold your end as well, Lord. I just wanted to say thank you for the position that you put each and every one of us in. Thank you for letting us take a leap of faith. Thank you for always challenging us to strive to do better, no matter how much it might get on our nerves, Lord God. But as we jump out on faith and you guiding us and getting us to that point, Lord, we're just getting more stronger. We're just getting more spiritually connected to you lord and that way we're able to give that back to somebody else 
And that's what it, the important thing is about this boy. When you give to us, we just give it back and we discipleship. And we grow up the next person like you're growing us up right now, Lord God. So just thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for always being there for us. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your son died on the cross for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Yes, I loved it. It was awesome. So thank you so much, Ivan, Pastor Ivan, <laughs> for joining the show. Um, it was a long time coming because we were trying to get together, trying to get it together for a while. So I'm so happy that you were able to be a part of the show. But just before you go, let everyone know where we can find you on social media, um, how we can support you, um, and any special projects that you may have coming up. Uh, okay, so uh, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, just J U S T Ivan Jr. Um, Twitter is I am Ivan Jr. Uh, the best way to support me is just you know just keep keep praying for me and my youth ministry, and you know just that we continue to just listen to what God says and to just be obedient to His Word. Um, that's all I can you know I can really ask for. Uh, I just want to just thank you guys just for listening to what I even have to say. And just thank you for this podcast and what you're doing with it. Like, I'm, I, I know I sound like a broken record, but it's important to to encourage people, that you encourage your brothers and sisters that are doing this. And people don't understand, like, they always see, like, people always post the rewarding part of what we accomplish, but no one knows the hard work you have to put in, exactly. how many hours you have to put in, mm-hmm. how much money you have to dish out, mm-hmm. how much different stuff you have to do or even like heartache and the pain like you thinking you failed and you thinking you i can't do this like no one sees that part so i just thank you for sticking with it whatever struggles and everything you had in this process i just thank you for sticking with it and actually doing this like god is going to reward you for this you're going to do a lot of great things with this and honestly i feel like this is the sky's moment for you at this point this podcast is probably just going to be a mild a mild little thing compared to what God is really going to do in your life. So I honestly just thank you for just jumping out on faith and just doing it. Oh, wow. Yeah. That means so much to me. Thank you. Because it's been a, yeah, I just started, but it already, you know, it's, it's a difficult world. But, you know, this is something that God put on my heart because of, you know, different things that, that I was going through. And I knew people was going through the same things that I was going through and trying to start a business and just you know every other thing and then also trying to build your faith around trying to start a business because it's it's really hard and you need to have some type of faith when you to me when you start a business so i really appreciate it i thank you so so much and um yeah any way that i can support you anyway you know let me know i'm i'm there always oh man just i'm just honored that you even asked me i'm definitely honored i'm just very thankful for you and I'm just thanking you for the, the the future opportunities that we can do ministry stuff together. So I'm just thankful for that as well. We need more of that. All right. Thank you, guys. So it's been a pleasure. Once again, guys, to follow me on IG at Culture Kingdom Podcast. Um, also, you can follow my the business page for the podcast with, on Facebook, which is under my name, Tamara Keith. Um, until next time, guys, stay encouraged and stay blessed. Yeah, you do.